0: You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Thank you for coming back tonight. I feel like, I, I always feel like I've got a halfway chance in the morning when many of the people or most of the people have never heard me. It's Sunday night that scares me to death. And so you've been a great encouragement tonight by, to me by being here. When I pastored and I was gone, and I called, first thing I asked, how was the crowd Sunday night? Because the nominal Christians will stay home when the pastor's away. Thank you for being here. We're supposed to be here. And uh, you did right. Open your Bible to the Gospel of Luke chapter 23. Luke's Gospel chapter 23. I always enjoy seeing the young people in the service. A lot of churches will have all the teenagers out of the church service in a youth group letting someone not called to preach minister to them and nobody in the church ought to have greater influence over teenagers than the pastor and their parents and so that encourages me and I thank you for setting up here close because I don't have to shoot far to hit you (laughs) and then I love these Junior and junior high, boys and girls, primary in here. These kids tonight did a fabulous job on that song. Man, they're so small, they get back out there in the congregation and uh, you can't see them. How how many of you sang up here with the, the group that sang? Raise your hand. There they are. Yeah. What a great job. That was a blessing. We had our youth, our, our Christmas programs last week at our church and we had our uh, older group and then we had our little ones. They called themselves, or they're named the Lambs Choir, but I call them the Lambs and Hams Choir <laughs> and you can always understand why when you see them up there because they fight for the microphone and they... They're hilarious, but uh, thank you all for coming tonight. You'll never know what an encouragement it is to your preacher when he's away to know that you're in your place supporting your church. And God bless you for coming. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. Okay. Okay. Any Bible college students here? One, two, three, back here four. I gave them a little extra time so they could look up the number of the page in the index. and. <laughs> you know what the Lord said he's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise that's the reason he chose me so uh, listen if they can go through Bible college and take all the homework and the punishment in Bible college and up north where it snows and all of God's people all not be there and Indiana, that's right next to the communist country of Illinois. <laughs> so, y'all can handle a little preaching and teasing, can't you? Huh? Sure you can. You better, because you're going to have to deal with it the rest of your life. <laughs> it is an honor to be here, and I want you to know how much I love and appreciate your pastor and his wife what a blessing they are. I've known him ever since he was about that tall. He and his brother had surrendered their life to the Lord, and they had prayer cards made up, and I was preaching up at their church one time when it was about like that, and they gave me their prayer cards, and I kept them on my refrigerator at home for years and years and years, and now then they're no longer kiddos. They're men and in the ministry serving the Lord, thank God that young people can feel the call of God and realize it's real. I have a grandson that's a missionary in uh, the Congo in Africa. God called him when he was 10 years old to be a missionary to Congo in Africa. And he never allowed anything to sidetrack him. He knew that, he found out that the business language of the Congo was French. So he took French classes, hired a tutor, so he could get a head start. Went to Bible college and prepared and graduated and he's on deputation now. He'll be leaving somewhere around May or June, headed for the Congo with his wife and little baby boy. I also have a granddaughter and her husband that are missionaries to Nepal. They have a little boy named Levi. have another granddaughter and her husband that are missionaries to Taiwan. They have a little boy named uh, Logan. And then uh, I have a grandson that's pastor of an independent Baptist church just out of Salem Oregon it's called the Willamette Baptist Church and uh, I'm so grateful for my kids that love the Lord I have 10 grandchildren and uh, 11 great-grandchildren and we're blessed and with, it's expensive at Christmas time and birthdays but <laughs> it's like buying something on credit and never getting it paid for but it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Have you found your place, Bible college students? Have you had enough time? (laughs) Then out of love and respect for the Word of God, would you stand with me and let's begin to read. Follow me as I begin to read in verse number 13 of Luke 23. The Bible says, And Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and the rulers of the people, said unto them, Ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I having examined him before you have found no fault in this man touching those things whereof you accuse him. No, nor yet Herod. For I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. It's talking about Jesus. For of necessity he must release one before them or unto them at the feast. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas, who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder was cast into prison. Pilate, therefore willing to release Jesus, spake again to them. But they cried, saying, Crucify him. Crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil hath he done? I found no cause of death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. And they were instant with loud voices requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. And Pilate gave sentence that it should be as they required. And he released unto them him that for seditions and murder was cast into prison, whom they had desired, but he delivered Jesus to their will. And as they led him away, they laid hold hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus." I want to speak to you about this man named Simon the Cyrenian. You don't hear a lot of preaching on him. But what a great encouragement and example he is for those of us who want to serve God, whether it's in the ministry full time or whether it's a layman or woman serving God in a local church. We're all important. When God saved you, he has a will and a plan designed especially for your life. And what you do in regard to that is bearing the cross. Oh, it's not a physical cross like Simon the Cyrenian bore, but the principle is there. And don't ever, don't ever get discouraged and give up and quit and think you're unimportant. You're a part of God's plan. You're a part of God's will. And he has designed a ministry a cross for you to bear. When Jesus called his disciples he said take up your cross. If any man take up his cross let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. Jesus had a physical cross that he died on. Yours is a ministry cross uh, a burden of ministry to carry on for him to influence people and reach people for Jesus Christ don't take it lightly thank God that he found you faithful and entrusted you with the gospel and the cross that he's given you to bear for him the Bible says, and as they led Jesus away, they laid hold upon one Simon a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. I want to talk to you tonight for a little minute, uh, a few minutes, about bearing your cross, being cross bearers for Jesus Christ. Father, help me tonight. Oh, in this day of COVID and discouragement and fears and bewilderment, people are staying home from church and dropping out of church and people you've called and entrusted with ministry are discouraged and don't know what to do. But tonight, would you lay upon our heart the importance of every one of us being in our place and doing what you've given us to do for you. Just as you reached into the crowd and chose Simon the Cyrenian, you've reached into the crowd of humanity living on earth, and you've chosen each of us when you saved us to be cross-bearers for Jesus Christ. You've given us the Great Commission, not just to people called out to be missionaries, but... Every individual in the church also to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Help us learn to be faithful. Now, Heavenly Father, fill me with thy spirit tonight and preach through me. I do not ask for the ability to preach a great dynamic message, but help my message to be clear and true and easy to understand so that every boy and girl and man and woman can understand exactly what's being said. And then, Holy Spirit of God, would you do your work in our heart so that we might yield our life to you and spend the rest of our life being cross-bearers for Jesus. For we ask it in the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Jesus had just gone through a night of mock trials. While the jeering crowd cried, crucify Him, crucify Him, He's turned over to the Roman soldiers to carry out the sentence. The soldiers put a cross on His already bleeding back and He began the journey through the streets of Jerusalem to a place outside the northwest walls of the city called Golgotha or Mount Calvary where their unjust sentence would be carried out. His human body is weakened from the beatings. They took a cat of nine tails, a whip, nine individual whips attached to one handle and people soldiers were trained with the use of the cat of nine tails it was just long enough to encircle the body the soldier knew how to bring it down and the, wait just a moment so it would wrap around the body and then each of those nine individual whips was woven into to them metal or glass or sharp stone and he'd pull that back So the person being beaten with the cat of nine tails would get the benefit of the whipping and the tearing and cutting effect of the glass and the stone and the metal. 351 individual stripes. Cat of nine tails, uh, 40 stripes save one 39 times. It encircled the body of Jesus. 351 individual whips of leather, glass and metal tore at his back. Most people, many people died at the beating. Finally, after the trials and the mockery and the spittle, the crowning of thorns, the beatings, they took an old rugged cross and laid laid it upon his shoulder. And they led him away to Calvary. He was the God-man and is the God-man. That means that he's as much God as if he had never been man and as much man as if he had never been God. He thirsted. He hungered. He needed sleep. He needed rest at times. Now this God-man had spent that night in the beatings and the cruel treatments and his already human body is weakened from all of that night of suffering. And they lead him away with that old rugged cross on his shoulders. And as they lead him down the streets of Jerusalem, his already bruised and bleeding body and his broken heart, the burden of sin that was heavy upon him, so much so that in the garden of Gethsemane, The last evening he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Now they lead him away. His body bent under the load of that old rugged cross. And soldiers reached into the crowd of onlookers and chose a man to carry the cross after Christ. For our message tonight, I want us to focus on Simon the Cyrenian and learn some precious truths from his bearing the cross after Christ. Notice first of all that Simon carrying the cross is a picture of the work of of the Christian servant throughout all generations doesn't make any difference whether you're an evangelist, a missionary, a pastor, a lay preacher, a Sunday school teacher, a helper, a bus worker, a bus captain, a bus driver, choir member, whatever your job is as a Christian, you're to be a cross bearer for Jesus Christ. We're to carry the message of the cross and the gospel to a world that's on their way to hell and have no hope unless they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, I believe it is verse 3, that God has put into every man a a measure of faith. But that faith is dormant. It's bound up in His darkness. What triggers that faith? What activates that faith? It's the gospel. When we preach the gospel, they hear the gospel, and suddenly something happens. I've heard them say, I see, I see, I understand. It's the gospel that unleashes that faith and makes it active, and not from that place of dormant or dead faith to active living faith. He is a picture of all of us bearing our cross We're cross bearers for Jesus Christ The cross of Christ is not a picture of exaltation It's not connected with a life of ease Bearing the cross is a picture of humiliation and suffering for others' sake In Christ's stead. You're standing in Christ's stead. And we're to bear His cross after Him. Christ's suffering and dying on that cross does not exempt the Christian from suffering in this life. However, by Christ's death and resurrection, we're exempt from the condemnation of our sin, but not from from suffering in His service. We're saved, every one of us, to be cross-bearers in a world that needs Jesus. The songwriter wrote, Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone and there's a cross for me. This consecrated cross I'll bear till death shall Let me set me free and then go home my crown to wear, for there's a crown for me. I want us to look tonight together at the cross that Simon had to bear and compare it to ourselves and the task before us as cross bearers for Jesus. First of all, I want you to notice it wasn't Simon's cross that he was compelled to bear, it was Jesus' cross. We have the tendency to say, my ministry, my class, my choir, my bus route, my this, my that, but it's not ours. It's His. It's in my church or your church, it's His church. The cross we bear is not ours, it's His cross. Neither is the cross we're asked to bear ours. It really belongs to Jesus Christ. It's not our ministry. It's not our class. Not our choir. Not our church. It all belongs to Jesus. And we've been chosen out of the crowd and entrusted by Him to bear the cross for Him in this wicked world. 1 Thessalonians 2 4 says, But for as we are allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Now the question of the hour is, can God trust you? We go to the bank and deposit our checks. We're putting that money in trust. They can use it, but when we need it, we can take part of it out or all of it out. And if you went to the bank and you wrote a check on uh, part of it and they said, I'm sorry, we have no record that you have an account, you would be a little bit perturbed. You'd say something, I trusted you with my money. I depended on you. You've let me down. Jesus in heaven tonight is looking at me and you and saying, I've trusted you with my cross. You've let me down. Can He trust you? The cross we're compelled to bear, the calling of God, the ministry He's given us, it's not ours, it really is His that He's entrusted to us to do for Him. The Bible says, As He was, so are we in this world. Whoa! As He was, so are we in this world. He's our God. He's our Savior. He's our Heavenly Father. You want to know what my daddy looked like? Look at me. I favor my daddy. I hope, I hope someone someday can say, you sure favor Jesus. Anybody ever accuse you of looking like or acting like Jesus? Can he trust you to bear his cross after him? We're to stand in his stead. We're to follow his steps. As he was, so are we in the world. All of those are stated in Scripture. He's reached into the crowd. and You say, but... I'm not very much. God's not looking for much. He's looking for somebody that's willing. God can take a crooked stick and do an unbelievable job with it. He took an old stick and used it to divide the Red Sea. He took that same old stick turned it into a snake and told Moses to pick it up. I kind of think Moses probably said, Say what? Pick up that snake, huh? He used that same stick with all of the plagues that were brought on. Hey, God's just looking for somebody that's available. Available. And who will be faithful. Are you available? Are you faithful? Simon the Cyrenian was in the crowd. He was available. Available. They reached in and pulled him out and laid the cross on Simon and he bore it after Jesus. He reached into the crowd and picked me out. Somebody said, why do you think God called you because I was a nobody? I came from no place. Country boy from a sharecropper's family in outside of Myrtle Springs, Texas. No special talents or abilities. But God for some reason called me to preach the gospel. Oh, what a trust. I want to be faithful. But the trust he put in me is no less than the trust he's put in you. Can he trust you? Do you look for excuses not to come to church? Do you look for excuses not to serve? There are no excuses acceptable to God. You know what an excuse is? The old evangelist Vance Havner said an excuse is a lie dressed up in the skin of a truth. When you grow tired, and your back sore, and your shoulders raw from the cross that you're given to bear, remember it's not your cross. It's His. And He's asked you to bear it for Him. When struggling with loneliness or criticism, remember, it's not your cross, it's His. They criticized Him. They hated Him. And Jesus said, if you're going to serve Me, they'll hate you too. When you need holy boldness to witness to the lost or Just remember it's not your cross you're telling about. It's Christ's cross. Stop and think. You, like Simon, was chosen from the crowd to bear the cross after Christ. There's seven plus billion people on planet earth. The greatest majority do not know Christ. Most of that seven billion have never heard the gospel. And God only has one plan for the gospel message to be sent out to the world. And that's through me and you who are to bear our cross after Christ. God didn't ask us to wear the cross. He asked us to bear it. You know, the cross, we've made it a beautiful thing because Christ paid our sin debt there. But the truth is, how many of you ladies would wear an electric chair around your neck on a a necklace? That electric chair is a means of execution. The cross was the means of execution in their day. They executed Jesus. But Jesus said, No man taketh my life from me. I lay it down on myself. He willingly gave it for me and you so that we might have life everlasting. We have the greatest responsibility in the world to be His cross bearer, to tell the most wonderful story how that a thrice holy God loved us while we were yet sinners and died for us, paid our sin debt, And purchased a gift called everlasting life available to any man, woman, boy, or girl who will accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. What a privilege to bear the cross. You see, regardless of whether it's what the name of our job is, whether it's singing in the choir, a custodian in the church, a mechanic on a bus a preacher, a Sunday school teacher. We're all serving for the same reason to get the gospel to a world on their way to hell. We're cross bearers for Jesus Christ. Notice also that Simon carried the cross after Jesus. God has not asked us to be pioneers in bearing the cross. It's not a new path we're to trod. One has already gone before us to show the way. It's not an untrodden pathway. The pathway of cross-bearing and service is marked by the blessed footprints of Jesus. As we give ourselves to fulfill Christ's great commission, He's promised, Lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. You're not carrying that cross alone. Simon bore it after Christ. The songwriter said, Sweetly, Lord, have we heard Thee calling? Come, follow me. And we see where Thy footprints falling lead us to Thee. Though they lead, or the cold, dark mountains, seeking His sheep, or along by Siloam's fountain, helping the weak. If they lead through the temple holy, preaching the word, or in homes of the poor and lowly, serving the Lord, it's the footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. I will follow the steps of Jesus where they go. Then at last, when on high he sees us, our journey done, we'll rest where the footsteps of Jesus end at his throne. Footsteps of Jesus that make our pathway glow, we must follow the steps of Jesus where'er they go. Dear friend, we must never forget the cross we bear has been stained already by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not our uh, uh, about our suffering but about Christ's suffering for sinners. It's Christ's cross. He goes before us. He leads the way as a shepherd leads his flock. Again, the songwriter said, Each step I take, my Savior goes before me, and with His loving hand He leads the way. And with each breath I whisper, I adore Thee. Oh, what joy to walk with Him each day. Each step I take, I know that He will guide me to higher ground He ever leads us on. Until someday, that last step will be taken. Each step I take just leads me closer home. And then notice also that only Simon was chosen. It was his burden. Galatians 6.5 says, For every man shall bear his own burden. God has designed a ministry and a place of service just for you. Nobody can fulfill it but you. If you don't do your job, you leave a hole in the work of Jesus Christ. The work He's designed for you to do for Him. I heard the story about a Christian complaining about the cross that God had given him to bear. He laid it down, complained about it, and the Lord said, all right, come with me. And he took him into this giant room of crosses, and he said, choose one. Just choose one. And he went over to this cross and picked it up and said, Oh, this is too heavy. Picked up another cross and said, I'd be embarrassed, this is so light. Picked up another cross and said, Oh, this cuts my shoulder. And finally after going through and trying cross after cross, he picked up one and said, Oh, this one is just right. And the Lord said, That's the one you laid down at the beginning. He's prepared a will and a plan for your life and it just fits you. There's not another you in this world. You're the only you that God made. Don't spend your life trying to be like somebody else. best you can do is be a poor copy. Be the best you you can be. One of the greatest truths I discovered in my life was this. God doesn't ask me to be the best. He just asked me to do my best. I'm not in competition with everybody else. God just wants me to be the best be, me I can be and do my best for Him. And He taught me that my best is good enough for God no matter how poor it is. Less than my best is never good enough for God no matter how great it is. He just wants us to bear our cross and give him our best. And then notice also Simon didn't bear the cross alone. It was a partnership. Notice the Bible says, and he was compelled to bear the cross After Jesus. It's believed by many Bible scholars that Simon wasn't given the entire cross to bear, but only part of it, only one end of it. Now, I don't know if that's true or not theologically or historically in Simon's case, but let me tell you, I know it's true in our case. He carries the heavier load. He carries the bigger end We're just to bear the cross after Jesus. May God help us to quit complaining and quit being wishy-washy and hot and cold and having our pity parties. Get right with God and gladly take up our cross and bear it after Jesus. It's an honor, a privilege to be entrusted with bearing His cross after Him. And then lastly, although Simon had to bear the cross for only a very short while, it brought him lasting honor. God saw fit that the story of Simon Cyrenian bearing the cross after Jesus would be recorded in the Bible. The Bible tells us in the book of the Revelation that when we stand before Him, the books will be open, and another book. Now, I'm not real smart, but books is plural, and the least you can have to be plural is two. And then He said another book. So, that's at least three books we're going to be judged out of. I think I know what one book is. Well, I know what all of them are, I believe. But I think one book is the Bible. Jesus said, in that day there's one that will judge you. My words shall judge you. Wouldn't it be good if we'd learn to live by the Word of God down here since we're going to be judged by it up there? Yeah. And we're to bear the cross after Christ and... Though Simon only bore it just a little while, God saw fit to write it down in his Bible. And throughout the endless ages of eternity, here is a guy from Simon named the Cyrenian. And God recorded a story about him in the Bible. He faithfully bore the cross after Christ. God wrote it in his book. But may I say to you, He's writing the story of how we bear our cross in the book too. And we're going to have to give an account to him. Isn't it, doesn't it make good sense that we ought to be faithful at it? We ought to have a right spirit about it. We ought to do it gladly. We ought to rejoice while we're doing it because we're bearing the cross after Christ. Again, the songwriter said, When trials seem so dark and burdens hard to bear, we're tempted to complain, to murmur and despair. But Christ shall soon appear to catch His bride away and there to live forever in God's eternal day. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. To look upon His face who saved us by His grace. It will be worth it all when we see Christ. May God help us to be faithful crossbearers for Jesus Christ. I've had the privilege of knowing some great, great men and women, cross for Jesus. Bob Hughes, missionary to the Philippines. Oh, what a work God used him to do. L.H. Ashcraft, a veteran missionary and a pioneer mission work in, uh, missionary in Mexico. And There's people all over Mexico saved because of L.H. Ashcraft going to Mexico. I've preached for him. Ralph McCoy, another pioneer independent Baptist missionary in Mexico started orphans homes and ministries and Bible colleges. Joe Hawkins, a missionary to Brazil, they're all with God now. Went down in Brazil and pioneered mission works on the Rio Negro and Amazon River. I got to be down there in 83 for a month and preached the graduation of his Bible colleges. And one of the young men graduating, his name was Peter, and he was the son of the first woman he won on the Rio Negro River in one of those Indian villages. Man, crossbears, faithful, faithful. One of the great ministries of our day is led by Kevin Wynn in Mexico City. I met him after he'd been there a couple of years. He'd been there two years and had not baptized one convert. But now then, he leads a church that was started from his converts. They average 8,000 on Sunday morning. And they'll have almost that back because most of them can't afford to come to church Sunday morning and go home and come back they're so poor they come and stay all day It's Bible colleges starts a new church every week somewhere in Mexico cross bear. a lady in our church named Friedline Mrs. Friedline she's retired now she's old like I am for over 30 years she taught little third grade girls. One of the goals of every little girl in our church was to get to third grade so they could be in Mrs. Friedline's class. Oh, they loved her. Another lady in Baton Rouge named Mrs. Washburn taught another third grade girls' class for years and years and years. Just crossbears. I have a signature in my Bible. Man named David. Barton, 50, he's from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and for 50 years he was a bus captain there in Albuquerque, New Mexico. For 50 years he bore the cross after Christ. Greatest soul winner in our church is a man named Clovis Wade. He's blind now. He's one of these guys that bought his own van so he could pick up his converts he can't drive anymore but he has a man that he reached that drives it for him and every Sunday he pulls in with a van load of people he's led to Christ what are these people they're people chosen out of the crowd to bear the cross after Christ just like you God has a cross for you he has a job for you a work for you a ministry for you and he wants you to bear it the cross after Christ he's writing it down he's telling your story in heaven one day we'll stand there and the books will be open I don't care about him say you've been the best this or that I just want to hear him say Bob well done thou good and faithful servant could he say that about you